Hello, and welcome to the PPM Podcast by Rego Consulting. I'm Steve Winchester, and joining me, as always, is the wonderful Camille Pack. Aw, Steve, you're the best. <laughs> you're so nice. So, Camille, before we jump into things, I guess uh, we always have to let everybody know about our man behind the virtual production curtain, Rego Creative Director, Michael Burdock. Michael, how is it going so far? Great. Uh, just collecting all those emails that are still coming in about your favorite movies. Keep sending them in. And while you're at it, if you take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and help us grow our audience, that'd be great. That's right, Michael. We love those five-star ratings. And we also are looking forward to getting more submissions about favorite movies because we want to do a special episode on PPM practitioners' favorite movies. So, Camille, back to you. What are we going to be discussing today? We have some great topics. You know, Rego consults for some really incredible companies, and one of our readers asks us about that. We also have an interview with Wes McCubrey. He's a very impressive consultant. Uh, we love Wes, as do our clients. And I'm sure our listeners, if they don't know Wes, are going to really respond to his insights on emerging project management trends. And he might also have a few funny stories to share with us. And speaking of our listeners, like Michael said, we are so grateful that you've taken the time to be with us. If you have suggestions or if there's something you'd like to see included in our podcast, or if you want to let us know your favorite movie, please drop us a line at podcast at regoconsulting.com. All right, Camille, let's get to uh, one of our reader questions. Awesome. One of our listeners had a great question. It's something we're asked all the time. Steve, do you want to read it? Absolutely. This is what it says. Obviously, Agile is big, but when Rego is out consulting for large brands, what other new things do you see them doing? Like the listener said, Agile is big, but we're also seeing other trends. One of them is project managers and PMOs are being used as experts in non-traditional areas. Yes, you're right. More and more IT professionals have been asked to understand financial management and budgeting concepts which is why we expect to see financial responsibility increasingly pushed into IT. What kinds of tools are you talking about? Well, tools that are specific to IT financial management, things like Aptio, Nikus, and ServiceNow ITFM, and lots of other tools like Tableau and Power BI, which we should not confuse with Power BO, are gaining <laughs> traction. Yes. That's why Riga recommends training your project managers and your PMO team members to make better use of reporting tools. Having skill sets and ad hoc report development lets those users build reports without developers. So if you're not looking at an IT financial management tool, it's a good time to start. And we've actually just put out a white paper on this very topic, haven't we? We have. It's free. It's called 7 PPM Trends You Need to Know. We've got a link to it on our blog at regoconsulting.com slash blog, or you can find it on our list of white papers at our website. This would be a good thing to talk to Wes about because he just presented on this topic, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Speaking of Wes, what time is it now? My favorite time. It's interview time. Today, we have Wes McCubrey joining us. Wes is a solution architect with 12 years in the PPM space. At various companies, he's led PMOs and helped establish tools and governance teams filled with great people. Hi, Wes. We're so glad you joined us today. Hey, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I heard that you spoke to some board at a prestigious company about Rego's seven PPM trends that we see emerging in the marketplace. Can you tell me about that? I did. I did. Those are the only types of boards that I speak at. The uh, the, the seven trends sounds very clickbait-ish, right? You can use like a topic that you see on uh, you know, Facebook or your Twitter feed. 
These seven things will amaze you. Mm-hmm. And number four will blow your mind, right? Um, it sounds a little a little clickbaitish, mm-hmm. but um, actually the content of it is, I think, pretty cool. Um, I understand cool is relative, but uh, we walk through um, seven trends that, that we had identified over the past couple of years that, that are really coming to fruition um, and, and are, are becoming things that you know, are no longer just trends or, or, or reality, right? Or things that people really need to get on board with. Um, some of them are, are a little bit more specific than others. We talked about APM. We talked about ITFM and business intelligence. Um, and then some are a little bit softer. And those are the ones I think that really, I think will resonate with a lot of folks um, because they're, they're seeing it uh, across industries, across um, uh, categories of PMOs and, and, uh, and IT organizations. And that's, it's really focuses around collaboration um, and really kind of two elements of collaboration have become more and more important. One in the, in the development cycle um, with the introduction of Agile um, and your scrum teams and how they're, they're being asked to mm-hmm. you know, progress work through the pipeline faster in a more collaborative way. And the second is collaboration with uh, the business and the strategy that they've defined. In both cases, you know, having a, a good relationship with the, the other parties, whether that's just your, your development team uh, and your product owners um, or your business owners and your project sponsors to understand, you know, are you working on the right things at the right time? And, and are you aligned uh, in such a way that, that what you're doing is going to really add some value to the company's bottom line? So when you were talking to this prestigious board, as you do, what were they eating up about it? What was important to them? Yeah, the, the, the most comments and questions I got, we got to, uh, I think it's number four on the list, um, emotional intelligence. Uh, it's, it's one oh. of those topics that I, you know, we added to the, to the, uh, the PowerPoint because it is, it's more and more prevalent in, in, you know, in, in development teams and, you know, uh, general uh, business organizations becoming something that folks are focusing on. Um, and, but I didn't think it would get a lot of questions cause it's a kind of a squishy topic. Um, and that's very hard to quantify the bottom line though. It's, it's, it's undoubtedly related to, you know, successful project teams and delivery. And I think that, you know, when folks saw that slide, you know, they, they, their eyes kind of opened up and said, Ooh, this is, this is becoming an actual thing. Emotional intelligence is, is, uh, is related to project success. And, and it's one of those that I think has never been really said, but everybody's kind of known. Uh, so we get a lot of questions about how we, how we promote emotional intelligence within, um, development teams in particular. Um, so with the uh, you know, development teams not necessarily being local, um, a lot of virtual teams, um, how do you encourage them to, you know, to, to be a little bit more self-aware, to understand their place within, you know, not just the, the you know, society, but within the company, right? How, how am I contributing to the success of the company? And, and it all ties all the way back to the, the first comment we made about um, need, needing to to contribute to the company's success, not just to the project or the IT um, success. So that self-awareness and social awareness, being able to manage relationships, um, all of those EI traits, um, you know, certainly I think resonated with the audience there and, and I think will with, uh, with most folks that, uh, that look through that deck. That's really cool. So what do you think has been the most significant change um, you've seen in PPM since you started exploring this industry and really getting your teeth in it? That's a good question. I, I go back to, 
you know, I think my first couple of projects and it really was very formal in nature. Uh, the, the, the projects were being run by, by, you know, PMI certified project managers. Uh, and they were very structured, very rigid. Um, it was unheard of that you, you didn't have a, a requirements traceability matrix and a, and a detailed work breakdown structure. It was just, there were elements that, that just had to be in place for every project. I think if you look at today's environment, um, people have come to the realization that that structure doesn't make sense in all cases. Like there's certainly still, you know, a, a place for, you know, a, a very formal structured PM uh, methodology, but, um, but not everywhere. So I'm seeing a lot of folks being asked to manage projects that aren't official project managers that are, um, are, are taking the lead, the, the, the lead because they know the business well, or they know uh, the requirements better than anybody else. Um, they're, they're not necessarily your traditional PM. So seeing the, just the types of people that are in, in, engaged in that, in that industry um, has changed significantly from, from when I started. And, and they're, they're being asked to do different things, right? They're, they're not necessarily being asked to uh, manage a work breakdown structure. They're being asked to uh, facilitate a, a team, right? And, and play the role of relationship manager. So that just that that role of PM really has has evolved over time, and not, not just in terms of, of who's playing it, but the skill sets is being asked of it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. That's very interesting. So, okay, I've got to digress away from uh, from PPM talk for a moment because you know I'm always told that the person who knows about the coolest things for whatever the subject is is Wes. So since we've got you with us today, Wes. Um, Are we talking fashion, Steve? Yeah, yeah we're talking <laughs> anything is what I'm told. So um, so curious to know, uh, what's the best movie you've seen recently? And is there anything you're looking forward to seeing? I've got two kids. All right. I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old, uh, neither of which Pixar. Can, last, <laughs> can last very long in a movie theater. So I haven't been to a movie in a while. Um, we, we, we are big fans of the Pixar uh uh, animation factory. I, I'll say though, I, I do get some time on planes, right? I find a, a decent amount around the country. And I've, I've pivoted what I, what I look for in entertainment uh, away from movies and more towards TV shows. So I, I'm going down the list of like the top 10 television series of all time. Um, I started with like Breaking Bad. I then went to uh, the Wire, and uh, and I'm now working my way through The Sopranos. So I, I was oh, never much of a TV watcher, right? But um, it, it, being on the, on a plane affords you some some time to go through a couple of episodes. So so that's where I am right now. I'm I'm, I'm working my way backwards through the uh, the greatest television shows of all time. Oh, that's great! <laughs> that's great. Um, well, um, and there's maybe you'll get a, a, you know some nostalgic stuff like a little All in the Family or West Wing or something in there. Um, West Wing's on there. I think West Wing is West next. Wing is quality. Loved West Wing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's turn our attention back to what we're all here to talk about, which is PPM. So, um, Wes, what do you see as the most important things PPM leaders need to do or know today to be successful? Uh, to me, it's about you define success right as as contributing to. The, the success of the company, right? It's it's no longer about how you spend your your budget, right? If you're given X million dollars, how well do you spend that? It's just, that's not a metric that matters anymore. 
Um, it's really about how you're helping the business achieve its its strategic goals. Um, and to that end, I think PPM leaders need to be able to prioritize their work better than ever before, right? And that, that goes along the lines of of aligning your your work with the strategy, making sure that you know of the things you're focused on. Um, those will have the, the the biggest impact on helping the company achieve those goals. So aligning your your projects uh, is is to priorities one thing, but having the right people aligned with it is is another. So knowing your your the skill set that you have and that those particular projects you know that that are right for those particular project managers, right? Based on complexity, based on um, skill set and experience. You know, so aligning projects to priority and aligning people to projects, I think, is a, is a key skill set that PM leaders have to have. Right. Oh, that's fascinating. So what kind of business goals do companies try to get their teams aligned with? It, it certainly depends on the company and the industry. Um, it should be specific to you know what, what the, that company sees as, as being a success criteria for them. Um, as an example... Um, you'll see it often as as high level as customer satisfaction, right? And if a if a company, a couple jump to mind that have had you know poor customer experiences recently, think data breaches, things like that. Um, customer satisfaction can become <clears throat> the number one priority for a business, mm-hmm. and all of the, the projects, all of the the money should be dedicated as, as much as possible to that key um, strategic goal, right? Improve our customer satisfaction. Um, and that means for, for an IT uh, manager or for a PMO, um, you've got to look at, at your book of work and identify which of these is going to improve customer satisfaction. Is a project that, um, you know, that upgrades a database um, now is, is probably less important than a project that uh, rewrites a UI. Right. So there's, there's the, that's a, a decent example of, of, uh, of a strategic goal that, again, can change pretty rapidly, um, but should be uh, communicated across the board and should be um, introduced in you know, uh, alignment metrics for, for projects to, to be scored against. Very interesting. So you've met with a lot of people over the years traveling as a consultant. What seems to be first and foremost on their minds as far as their challenges go. Yeah, they're, they're, they seem to be worried, maybe worry is not the right word, but concerned that, uh, that, that the PMO is, is relevant to the company because its role has changed. And I think it's part of, of their job to make sure that it continues to provide value to the company. Um, and I think it's something that that's on, it's in the, at least in the back of everybody's mind. Hey, is 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 the PMO still doing what it should be doing? And and that that role has changed over time. Um, and I think that goes hand in hand with just the the change in the the development environment, the, the IT environment, um, in, in being much more diverse in terms of methodologies. Um, Agile certainly is playing a big role in that, um, and how the PMO can govern all of that, um, you know, given that these things change so often, right? The, the CIO is, is, you know, fond of saying, let, you know, let's just get the work done. Let's, let's allow people to work in the environment that they're, they're, uh, they're used to working in. Uh, but at the end of the day, the CEO is going to ask for a report of all of the projects and their status. And as a PMO, you've got to be able to pull that together, regardless of the, 
you know, the diverse environment in which you're working. That's great. Thank you. And okay. So non-related question, PPM question again, but with all that traveling you've done, with all the TV shows you're watching uh, while you're on the plane, you certainly must have some kind of a travel nightmare story. And you want to share that one with us? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple jumped to mind. I, I fly out of Philadelphia, so it's always an, an event when you go. <laughs> Especially in the winter, right? It is. Um, so I, I guess my most interesting story, uh, we pull off um, off of the, um, the the jet bridge. We're backing down. We're on the, the tarmac, and uh, the pilot stops the plane. And it comes on and says something, you know, really innocent, like, uh, hey, we're just waiting for traffic to clear, something along those lines. So we're not thinking much of it. I'm I'm working through whatever TV show I was watching at the time. And, uh, <laughs> and we look out of the window and we see a whole host of fire engines approaching. And uh, you assume they're not coming to you, but then they stop. Oh, no. They stop. <laughs> oh, no. and, and they've now surrounded our plane. Like, it looks like every fire engine that Philly Airport has is now facing towards our plane. I'm looking, I don't see any smoke. Nobody's, you know, is, is alarmed yet. But I did notice that they kept a, a safe distance from our plane. <laughs> it wasn't like they rolled up and, and were getting ready to help people. No, no, they kept like a good 200 yards distance from our plane, which worried me even more. The point <laughs> where, where I was waiting for them to start putting on those, those silver like fire retardant suits. <laughs> Oh, no. um, so the pilot finally came on. I think we, we, he heard the, the rumblings in the back and said that he had uh, turned on the engine and had noticed a puff of smoke, right? Come out of the, the right puff. engine, a puff. And, uh, and, <laughs> out. and I guess as soon as you say smoke at an airport, the, the, the fire, uh, the, the, the firemen are, are, are into their, uh, their engines and over there. So, so it was, a, it was quite a scare. We ended up sitting there. There was an issue with like oil leaking, but, there was a point where I was like, why aren't they getting closer? And, and, and why am I not wearing one of those fire retardant suits right now? Yeah, Did you take story. off in the same plane? No. And that's a, that's a great point. Cause I immediately said, look, I don't care how long I have to wait here. Let's get a new plane. <laughs> like, let me off yeah. now, please. That's really good. That's really good leadership skill on the part of the pilot to downplay, you oh, know, yeah. the severity. Yeah. <laughs> It's not smoke in the engine. It's just a puff. Puff puff the magic dragon kind of situation (laughs) happening here. (laughs) Great. So, uh, Wes, you said that you've been uh, watching TV shows. Um, Have you, uh, you're from Philadelphia. Have you heard of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? It's one of my favorites. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I don't, you know, I don't, I've never been, so I don't know if it's anything like that, but, uh, is there anything that will get you to move from Philadelphia? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. I, um, I left for a while. I was born and raised here, left for a while, went to school down in Virginia, lived in DC and there's, it's weird. Philly and, and even like South Jersey has like this odd gravitational pull that just sucks people back in. Um, so everybody <laughs> that I've known that has escaped for a little bit is always, you know, always ends up right back in Philly. I think it's, it's like a, uh, it's a communal sense of like misery, like with our, our sports teams, with weather, with just whatever it is. Like we just like being grumpy together. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough for me to, uh, to, to, to leave the city. And, and yeah, 
always sunny. It captures us pretty good, which is, <laughs> it's a scary thing. Nice. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're at home there. And we're so glad that you met with us today. We really enjoy talking with you. Wes. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me guys. Hey, thank you, Wes. What a great interview, Camille. Now, as we wrap up, let's take a look at what's on our radar for our next podcasts. Coming up soon, we'll show you how to set up KPIs for your PMOs, and we'll have some really impressive consultants joining us to share some of their SME experiences guiding over 300,000 people through their PPM journeys. That's right. Rigo's consulted with 35% of the companies on the Fortune 100 list and 50% of the companies on the Fortune 20 list. We have some incredible consultants. Yes, and our consultants will be available soon to help people at Rigo University. It's the CAPPM, or Clarity Knowledge Sharing Event of the Year. It's quickly approaching, and we know you're eager for the details. Yep, that's right. So mark your calendar for April 22nd through 26th, and join us at the Lansdowne Resort and Spa in Leesburg, Virginia. It's just a quick hop from Washington, D.C. It's The facility sprawls across 476 acres along the Potomac River. Mm. It's in wine country. Eight miles from Dulles International Airport, so you can, so you fr- your free time can include the local vineyards, delicious food, conversation by firelight, and the best CAPPM guidance around. Yes, Rigo University is the largest CAPPM dedicated conference, and it really stands out because of Rigo's commitment to keeping it all about project and portfolio management. It's PPM classes, PPM networking, and PPM best practice. Before we started Rigo U, Rigo's founder and president Dan Greer was determined to give the PPM space a high quality and affordable conference without the sales pitches you see everywhere else. So year after year, he's kept that commitment, giving the PPM user community an invaluable experience. So check out RigoUniversity.com and join us in person. It's going to be an amazing event. Thank you for joining us today. If you have a question, please drop us a line at podcast at RigoConsulting.com. The PPM Podcast is produced by Michael Murdoch. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please help us reach more people by taking a moment to leave us a rating.